Maybe if you don't want to talk, you could just listen. What is happening? I am Mal Foster, and you are listening to the latest episode of your third favourite, above average, but infinitely curious podcast, Dimed Out. This week, we are concluding our two-part conversation with Tim Doyle. If you missed last week's episode, I honestly, not just for the sake of continuity, but just for the sake of, I guess, enjoyment, and just because it makes a lot more sense contextually um and everything else you should go and check out last week's episode before pursuing any further forward with this one if you did listen to last week's episode you will remember that we left you on somewhat of a cliffhanger in the sense that tim had had his encounter with the angel of death in his kitchen and um uh, see it's it's difficult and it sounds like i'm taking the piss but i'm not this is this is generally what tim told me the angel of death appeared in his kitchen and knocked a calendar off his fridge and from that Tim was convinced that a woman he was romantically involved with was uh, going to be the next target for the angel of death and that's where we left you. As we jump into the conversation, literally we're jumping in from that point, Tim then goes on to explain what happened afterwards. He also gets into a number of different topics as well, including the god frequency, Egyptian gods, um, the Arturians, which is uh, a completely different and interesting side topic we may do as an individual curiosity episode at some point. Uh, We also get into the golden age where the earth sort of shifted from a third dimensional consciousness Uh, And Tim's Ascension Master Program is also talked about quite a bit at length, actually, in which he uh, teaches me how to remove emotional parasites through the power of prayer, obviously. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot going on in this uh, second part and concluding part of the conversation. So without any further ado, let's dive into it. This is me talking to Tim Doyle. Again, I should also say, I mentioned this in the first episode, I'm talking to him in my mum's dining room, um, on her dining room table, and I'm recording it through my internal microphone. So my audio sounds shit. That's why. (laughs) That's why. Um, Because I I wasn't expecting to talk to Tim at that point, but I kind of just had to make do. Anyway, this is me and my shit audio in conversation, in fun conversation, with Tim Doyle. I'm hoping that this seems to be more of a a warning from the angel of death and, and that nothing happened to this lady in question. Ah, but it did. Oh. I married this lady. Oh, you did? I married I married this lady. I felt this is what they wanted me to do. All right? Now, you have free will. Right. You can do anything you right. want to do. 
So I did marry this lady. I took her to Peru. We went to Peru. And after going to Peru, we separated. All right. Um, she went back home. And I'm on my walk one day after she left. And that was a, a, a karmic experience for me. <laughs> I laugh. Um, I've had many karmic experiences where I need to clean up um, before I, I go forward. Uh, payback. And so I'm on my walk one morning. I walk, usually I walk between 2.30 and uh, 3.30 uh, before I go to work. I take a, a meditative walk in the dark uh, in the middle of the country, and I communicate with my teachers, and I'll find out what's going on for the day, plan my fiscal day out, what I have to do for work, what I have to do for my family, and so forth. And while walking, the angel of death whizzed by me. He stopped, and um, he said, she's going to be okay. Now, he came up from behind me and, and stood next to me, and just for a split second, and he says, she's going to be okay this lifetime, and uh, I'm not taking her. And then he just whizzed off, and it was like, it was comforting to know that um, what I did was necessary to assist her and continue her training in the spiritual training school. Of course, at the time, I didn't know it was a spiritual training school or anything like right. that. I mean, this was back in 1998, and I didn't realize what this is spiritual training school until 2013. So, so in essence, you believe that by marrying this woman, you've saved her life. Well, I didn't save her life. I think maybe there was something she needed to do in Peru. Right. She had an experience in Peru that helped her to understand something, and that might have given her a little wisdom or insight to life or so forth. So, Okay. Um, I kind of want to move on a little bit, Tim. I, I've been having a look at your website, and I'm going to leave it, a link in the show notes for everyone to go and check out, and I highly encourage people to go look at it in depth. There's a lot in there. Uh, one thing that kind of snagged my eye, though, is you have something on there called the Ascension Master Program, and it's described as a life-changing procedure, one that will remove false teachings and fears. The question I have about this is, uh, in particular, what are you referring to as false teachings and fears? And how exactly would you say that the, the Ascension Master Program is life-changing? Well, what it is, is when I was becoming a metaphysical minister back in 1983, I had to go through this process uh, becoming aware of my thoughts and feelings in every moment. So they gave me uh, um, a, an assignment that each day I would have to take a ring and put it on a finger. And during the day, if I saw that ring, stop and say, what are you thinking about? What are you feeling? And then I would, uh, at the moment, I would stop myself and say, oh, what am I thinking? And sometimes I would be thinking about, look at that lady across the street. Uh, what is she doing? Why is she wearing that? And they would say, why are you thinking about that? Why do you care what she's wearing, how she's acting, and so forth? 
And so they each time I would might have a, a fear feeling, and uh, they'd say, "Well, why are you feeling this? Why why do you want to feel this? Get rid of it. You don't have to. Just don't feel that feeling. Have it removed from you." Well, at the time, this was at 1983. I didn't have the uh, on the website. There's a a prayer to remove emotional parasites. Mm-hmm. You can remove a fear in 10 seconds, and I can explain the process to you later, Mel, on that, okay? So I had to go through this 28-day program to become aware of my thoughts and feelings in every moment, and if the thought and feeling was not divine, to get rid of it. So after a couple of weeks, uh, and it did take a couple of weeks, I I could start seeing the effects of... um, this process. Uh, I could start seeing thoughts coming to me that I didn't like. And before they got to me, I would say, no, no, you're not welcoming them to my, it's like having a, a neighbor just barge into your house. <laughs> I'd say, no, you're not allowed into my house. Go, go. I'm not going to entertain you today. And the same thing with thoughts and feelings. So I, I, I went through this process for 28 days. Then at the end of the 28 days, what I found is my teachers are always talking to me. So after 28 days, I'm always aware in, in every moment, my communications with my loved ones. So there's a frequency in your mind. I call it the God frequency. It's like 99.9 in your mind, this frequency. There's like thousands of frequencies that you can tune into. You can attune, tune into flowers or animals or or foods, or desserts, or, or whatever you want to tune into. But there's one frequency, the main frequency is the God frequency. So I can be talking to you and still listening to my teachers, because sometimes they'll correct me as I'm speaking to you. So I'm always in tune. So what this does is it forces you to remove all negative feelings from your light body, right? Your light body is, that's who you are. That's your soul. That's where wisdom is. So you remove, let's see, should I tell that story? Um, when, when I was in Peru drinking the ayahuasca, um, one of the visions I told you, after you drink the ayahuasca, they reward you with um, a vision or a teachings. So this after this one drinking, um, they showed me a light body. It was a body, an outline of a body, but it had filaments of light going through it uh, to fill up the emptiness within this, uh, this structure. But on these golden filaments, there'd be these globs, these globs of like blue that the light body couldn't vibrate like a guitar, a guitar string, because it had, instead of being a ping, it would be a plunk. So you have to remove these, these globs off your light body. Well, at the time, they just showed me what a light body was, and it had these globs on it. It wasn't until 2012 that Thoth, the Egyptian god, came through a spiritual conference that explained how to remove these, um, these globs off your light body. And then uh, when I went home to work on this, because it all tied together um, with the drinking of the ayahuasca, seeing the light body, the globs, 
uh, Thoth explaining how to remove it. And then when I was home working with this, the Arcturians, who are seventh dimension masters of emotions, came through and taught me that all fears are parasites. So in other words, your soul is pure and your God being. And these parasites, a fear is a parasite. It lives off of you. Um, we know that there's parasites um, that are harmful to the physical body. If you eat a bad meat or if you eat something that um, is old and dirty, you get a parasite in your body and the parasite lives off the physical body. Well, fears, fears and unhealthy feelings uh, of self and others are parasites that live off your spiritual body, all right? And so they're actually just like a physical parasite. It's an orgasm that, um, that is conscious, and its job is to feed off the body. Well, the emotional parasites are there to feed off your spiritual body, to keep your spiritual energy down. So once you remove, remove these parasites, your, your spiritual body will vibrate at a higher frequency. So that's the purpose of the Ascension Master Program, is to become conscious of your fears and your feelings, to get rid of them, so that you then are in tune, a oneness with the mind of God. Now, once you do this 28-day program and you're in tune, it's like riding a bicycle. You're always, you know, you're always in tune. You're always in tune, and um, you're always in commun communications with your, your teachers. It's not a one-way communications. It's a two-way communications because if I have a question, I can ask them a question, and, and sometimes before I finish as, asking the questions in my thoughts, they give me an answer right away. It just happens. The general idea and concept behind this is is I I I, I like it, but I do have some issues with it, Tim. Um, to me, it could seem a little bit dismissive. Uh, the idea of of having fears and negative thoughts and being able to kind of get rid of them and purge them from yourself after going through this and being able to do it with ease could seem a little bit dismissive to mental health and brain chemistry and people that really do suffer from prolonged internal fears and, and, and feelings that are beyond their control. Well, then let me ask you something. Do you have any fears? Yeah, certainly. Oh, would you like to get rid of it right now? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would that would be pretty ideal, yeah. I mean, if I can, in 15 seconds, well, it'll take me a minute to explain it to you. And in one minute, if I can explain it to you and uh -huh. you can remove a fear from you, would that not convince you? Um, I, I don't know. I'd have to go through that process. I can't answer that speculatively. Okay. Well, well, let's, you don't have to tell me what the fear is. Okay. okay? I, I can tell you the process. Sure. All right. So, so what you do is the fears are in your, your subconscious um, mind, which is your solar plex, which is your feeling body, which is the third chakra, which is above your navel. So what you do is you put your left hand above your navel, right? Your right hand on your heart. You activate the fear or feeling 
that you want to get rid of. So let's say, for example, I'm afraid of heights. So I would put my hands in position and I would activate this fear. I have to bring, there's probably a thousand fears in, in, the, in the subconscious. So I have to say, okay, I want, I want this fear to come, come forward. I want, I want to be conscious of this fear because I'm going to remove you. Uh, I don't tell them, I don't tell the fear that. So I put my hands in place, I activate the fear, and all I have to do is say, this feeling is not mine, this feeling does not belong to me. I release this feeling in love, now and forever, amen. Bam, it's gone. As easy as that though, Tim? Uh, Mel, I don't know, you tell me. Yeah, well, I, 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 I don't know. Well, Mel, do you have a fear? I do. Well, would you like to get rid of it? Uh, yeah, that would be good, yeah. Well, all you have to do, left hand above your navel. Right, but uh, my thing, and, and it just it need to do this once. Once for each fear. But what about people whose fears have been kind of embedded through traumatic experience, people that maybe have PTSD that have caused these fears, things that have been built up through perhaps several years of trauma or a particular singular event. I, I, I don't... Mel? I don't... Yeah. Mel? Mel? Your experience told me that these are emotional parasites. They're living conscious entities. Once they're attached to your light body, they will influence your thinking. That's why they're called emotional parasites. They don't want you to remove them mm -hmm. from your spiritual mm -hmm. body. They feel that if you remove them, that they're going to die. They don't die. They just evolve into a higher frequency. So they will work with your conscious mind to get you to not remove them. Well, you, you have to be a God being, God doesn't have fears. God doesn't have fears. God doesn't have ill feelings towards others or anybody else. So it's, if you're conscious of being a God being, you don't want fears, you don't want ill feelings. So you have to, you have to go become more aware of what's good for Mel than what's good for the parasite. The parasite doesn't want to be removed. So it will stop you from doing this process. I've had it done. I've had people that had fear of heights for over 30 years, and it's gone in like 15 seconds. And other people that, oh, no, fears are good for you. I, I want to keep my fears. And other people saying they're afraid of snakes. Oh, Oh, if I thought about a snake, it's just too much for me. I can't do that. So it's up to the individual and what the individual free will, mm. what they want to do. But if you want to really understand the process, I encourage you to quickly right here, because I'm telling you in 15 seconds, your fear. How long have you had this fear? Oh, um, and about, I would say about 10 years. Maybe so more. you're carrying this fear around. I can, I can tell you the process of how a fear gets onto your light body, but it would be easier to explain it to you if you could remove this one, one fear for 10 
for 10 years off where you, you can't find it anymore in your life. It doesn't affect you anymore. What happens is you'll vibrate at a higher frequency and become a better person, a better co-creator God in training. Okay. But it's up to you. I'm not going to force you to do it. No, of course well, not. I'll tell you what, Mel. It's on the website. There's there's a video on the website that I go in and I explain it, uh, how it happened. I mean, how to do it, the process, uh, the words, and so forth. It's a two-minute video. It's on, it's on the uh, front page of the website. And just listen to it and follow the instructions and boom. Okay, well, okay, so, I'll tell you what, Tim, in all sincerity, I'll do a little bit of homework here. It'll be a little side assignment for this episode. I will go and watch that. And I, in, with all sincerity, I'll take it straight face and, and serious. I'll, I'll have a crack at that and we'll see what happens. And if uh, if I feel or see an improvement or it disappear or what have you, I'll let you know. Okay, I appreciate that, Mel. Yeah. Now, let me explain. Would, would you like to know how a fear gets on your, uh, how your fear gets into your subconscious? Sure. Why not? Okay. Here's the process. Most psychologists don't understand how a person gets a fear. The conscious mind, the purpose of the conscious mind is to validate truth. One plus one is two. So if that's a truth, that goes into the subconscious. Three plus one is 12. That's not a truth, so that doesn't go into the subconscious. So the purpose of the conscious mind is to validate anything that goes into the subconscious mind, okay? The subconscious mind does not validate anything that's on its job. The purpose of the subconscious mind is just to store the truth, okay? All right. So now, Mel wants to go, we'll use you as an example. Mel wants to go swimming. He's never swam before. And so while swimming, Mel has a near drowning experience. Okay. This was real to Mel. All right. Mel was gasping for air and, and someone saved him. So Mel, being true to Mel, Mel passes this experience to the subconscious mind as a truth. So now there's a fear of water created by Mel's conscious mind that goes to the subconscious mind. So it's like taking a photo. Um, the conscious mind is always, you know, looking and observing truth and what's true and what's not true. Sometimes the conscious mind takes a bad photo, like you're on your cell phone. You take a bad photo, you look and go, oh, I've got a photo here. I don't want this photo here. Let me delete this photo. Bing. It's off your phone. True? Mm-hmm. Push the button, you can take that bad photo off your phone. Same process with your subconscious mind. You recorded something in your subconscious mind that's not a truth. It's there. You want to take it off. You do this process. It takes it off your subconscious mind. 15 seconds. Same process as removing a bad photo. Okay. I want to move on to... Uh going to kind of wrap up pretty soon tim um but before we go there's something i wanted to kind of dive into which kind of snagged my eye on the website as well uh a station called the golden age uh which again these things i've never encountered before but genuinely find quite curious so i'm going to just kind of read very quickly verbatim here uh on december 21st the earth transitioned from a third dimension consciousness awareness environment 
to a fifth dimension consciousness awareness environment. Not particularly easy to say, uh, <laughs> but I was um, I was curious about this. And, and if you could explain what the difference between these two dimensions are and what the significance is moving from third to fifth. Well, the third dimension frequency is the density, is a density. Like a, third, like a rock is a, is, is a density, third dimension den density that's solid, where the wind might be in a different dimension because it's, it's lighter, freer, can't be seen, and so forth. Just like spiritual beings. There's spiritual beings like the Arcturians are seventh dimension beings. They don't re require a body anymore. Um, we require a body because as we're building a, a co-creator God, we need the body to do functions to move energies from the subconscious third chakra to the, to, oh boy, that's, that's, that's a long story. What it is, is when a soul is created, the, the God frequencies, all of God characteristics are stored into the soul, into their solar plexus, their light body. And when a soul takes on a body, it then has to go through and transition those raw God characteristics, emotions into God feelings. So in other words, change anger into love and, or, and peace. Um, and it does it through life experiences and through um, a process. It has to go through the, the process of going through the body from the electrical paths in the body up to the brain where it's converted into a, a feeling. Uh, that's how it works. That's, that's a quick answer. It would be good for another discussion on another time, Mel, if you want to know the details of that and, and the process. So anyways, the golden age, my teachers, the golden ones, their teachings, the last time that they were teachings around the planet was uh, uh, when uh, the sinking of Atlantis. Uh, over 10,000 years ago, when Earth was in a fifth dimension frequency, the, the Earth, um, the, our solar system goes around the galactic center, a journey of 25,920 years. And so what happened was, is when Earth fell from a fifth dimension to a third dimension frequency, the, gold, the density of the planet was so low, the vibration of the people here being abusive, stealing, and so forth, not being loving, not caring, greed, uh, power. Um, uh, the, the energy was not conducive for the golden ones to be here. When Earth moved into the fifth dimension frequency in 21 December 2012, then the, the density of the planet lifted, which allowed the golden ones to return that's why they returned to me in October of 2012, just before December, because the frequency was getting lighter and more conducive to their energy. Okay? So you follow that? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. So then in February is when, they, when it was completely fifth dimension. Uh, then they could come in and start communicating with me. So now that we're in a fifth dimension frequency planet, everybody on the planet has to vibrate at a fifth dimension frequency level 
which is peace, harmony, balance, unity, community, goodness for oneness and all. Uh, I think you probably will agree that you've seen an uplift in the consciousness of humanity since 2012. I think, Possibly. Yeah, I think there's definitely things that point towards that being true. I mean, you look at how much more people are socially aware. Uh, you look at how much right. more uh, open talk there is about, say, mental health issues, about social um, injustice. Uh, yeah, it does seem like... Yeah, I, I could say that there's, there's definitely pointers which would suggest that, yeah. Okay, so what's happening now is the people on the planet are vibrating at a higher frequency. Those that are still vibrating at the third, third dimension frequency, they have to go. Corruption in government, banking, uh, and business, and so forth, has to leave the planet. It has to be destroyed, and it will be very shortly. It will be revealed as the people become more aware of the deception on the coronavirus, the Omicron virus, uh, fake masks, and so forth. People are becoming aware that they're being manipulated by a few people in government or the medical professions that have control over the consciousness and the free will of the people. That's being exposed. Right? So eventually... Uh, there's a, a freeness and awareness that's coming to the planet. Well, that's good for the planet. Now for the for the individual, since we're in the golden age, which started on 21 December 2012, um, people can now, if they take care of the body, keep the body in an alkaline environment, clean the body from emotional parasites, right, become attuned to the heart and mind of God, and they can then be, grasp the concept of being co-creator gods. They can live for thousands of years. They don't have to die. If you're living, the only reason why you die is because you've created karma and you need to, to go and, and go back to school to, to uh, learn what you've done wrong and uh, return again. But if you're constantly aware of being loving, uh, working together, accept people as they are, becoming uh, uh, conscious of who you are, and consciously try to be a very good God person. There's no reason why you should die. And that's the whole concept of the age, the, uh, the golden age. You take care of yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. No reason for you to die. Other people may die around you but they may not be taking responsibility for who they are. Yeah. I want to roll back a little bit just there, Tim. You were talking about um, things being exposed um, in terms of, of government, business, et cetera, and, and coronavirus. Could you elaborate a little bit more on that? Because that kind of threw me a little bit. Oh, my goodness, yes. Uh, well, I think, I don't know whether it's public yet or not, that... Um, the coronavirus is not any more deadlier than the common flu. In fact, before the coronavirus, people were dying from the flu. Do you really now believe that? Well, there's statistics out there, Mel. Go see how many people died. I can tell you right now, before the coronavirus, there was between 
500 to 800,000 people who died yearly from the common flu. Now, since the coronavirus, no one has died from the common flu. You can, you can do the research yourself. I've done the research on it. Okay. All right. Now okay. they're coming out with a new test that um, will distinguish between the coronavirus and the common flu. But by that time, um, we'll see what happens. But they've proven that masks don't, do not work. The mask, there's no scientific proof that a mask will stop germs um, transmuting from person to person. It's all a scare technique. Mel, the conscious mind can only hold one thought at a time. And we mentioned this earlier because you can't be thinking about a boogeyman under your bed and then being in an amusement park and having a good time. So if you are in fear, you don't vibrate. You don't vibrate to the frequency of a spiritual being because the universal mind knows that gods do not have fear. So if there's something you're desiring in your life, you want to manifest, it may not manifest as quickly because you have fears. And the people in charge, um, we haven't talked about um, Archangel Lucifer either, have we? No. So there's this, see, in the spiritual training school, to, to know whether a soul is progressing or not, he has to be tempted. He has to be tempted in all facets of his um, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Is he eating too much? Is he desiring sex? Is he greedy? Is he abusive? So uh, Archangel Lucifer's um, responsibility is to constantly tempt the soul to keep him from evolving. And it's only when the soul overcomes all the temptations does he move into becoming more of a co-creator God frequency. So Fear is one thing that keeps the soul from vibrating in a higher frequency. So the third dimension people in charge of the planet who will eventually be removed are constantly having wars, famines, uh, things going on in this planet to keep fears in the hearts and minds, to keep the soul distracted from developing their spiritual aspects of themselves be concerned about, is there enough money? Is there enough food? Am I going to have a job? Do I have to send my children into war? Is the war coming here? Fears. Fears are constantly. So that's why the prayer to remove emotional parasites, fears from your body is essential for the soul's development. You Part of the ascension process. You mentioned briefly there in passing, and I kind of want to touch upon this as well, Tim. Uh, third dimension people being removed. Is this in, in what has been put on your website there is realignment adjustment? Is that what you're referring to? Uh, could be. <laughs> yeah. And, and if so, could you elaborate um, on that? Because it's an interesting concept. Well, let's say that, that you have been trained by your parents to be take advantage of others to uh, be greedy, get what you want now, don't worry about the other person, and so forth. So your consciousness has been trained to um, stay in the third dimension frequency. Well, the point being is, I right, Mel, Mel's in third, 
he's not going to be open to um, becoming a free soul. So he may be, his days may be numbered. See, what happens is you have energy flowing through your body. If you misuse any of the energies in your body for selfish purposes, you clog up a chakra. And if the chakra is clogged up, let's say your heart chakra. If your heart chakra is clogged up because you don't love, you don't know how to freely love, you don't express your love to others and so forth, you clog that artery, you may die from a heart attack, all right? And then if you die from a heart attack, you'll, during your, your transitional period and spirit realm, you'll be trained that um, you need to go under new parents so they will train you in fifth dimension consciousness um, reality so that you become a better person. So you'll die from, from one set of parents You'll be reborn again in another set of parents that will teach you the fundamentals of becoming a spiritual person. That's basically how it works. Okay. I, I touched upon the realignment adjustment. And from, from what I could gather reading from your website, and I mean, please feel free, and I'm sure you will correct me if I'm wrong, but my uh, my my view of it from what I can see is that you're suggesting essentially a natural disaster or catastrophic event will wipe out third dimension people and leave fifth dimension people behind to rebuild. Is that? Not necessarily. Think about all the people that have died from the coronavirus. Right. There's millions of people. Well, those people that died will come back under different parenting. So it doesn't have to be a natural disaster doesn't have to be a meteor. It doesn't have to be Planet X, Nibiru. It, it could just be just common things. Okay. Uh, the, the, the kind of point that I'm sort of leading into, essentially, I guess, with that, and again, just to play a little bit of devil's advocate, because why not, um, is, <laughs> is the idea that third-dimensional people are kind of going to be wiped out essentially one way or another as we've said there uh, with fifth dimensional people rebuilding and kind of evolving us as a collective is that not a little bit fear-mongering in itself especially for anybody that might be a third dimensional being all right let's just say if you're a third dimensional thinking person and you're only thinking about yourself mm -hmm. birds of a birds of a feather flock together okay so third-dimensional beings hang around with third-dimensional beings. Fifth-dimensional beings hang around with people that are caring, loving, responsible, and so forth. So normally what happens is the third-dimensional being will look around them and say that, you know, they don't have any friends. That, you know, if they want to be accepted by other people, they have to change who they are and change the way um, that they treat people and treat the way um, that um, other people treat them. That's the reason why we have prisons, to take those people that take advantage of others, we se separate them from society, put them in prison, and while in prison, people change. They change and then they release. They, they have time to review who they are and, and what they did, and they understand it wasn't right or not to take advantage of another or to kill another or to rob from another. 
and so they they confess that they want to change they want to they want to be a better person for self or for their mother or for their father or for their loved ones they want to be more responsible so prison assists in helping a person change the their um vibrational frequency by making them or seeing them um the wrongs of their doings so but what if somebody has been falsely in prison tim though uh what if what if somebody has been uh stitched up or they've taken the rap for somebody else or for different circumstances haven't quote unquote warranted their, their place in prison Mel, there's no accidents in life. Everything is orchestrated by universal mind, as we discussed earlier. Everything that happens to you, Mel, is orchestrated by universal mind. So let's say that I do nothing. The police come in here. They arrest me for something I didn't do. I go through the process and say, okay, um, I must have done something at some point in one of my carnations that I that is catching up with me now. I just surrendered to karma and say, okay, Father, forgive me for my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. And I do what I can to do the right thing. But if it, in the end, if I get thrown in prison, I have to surrender to it. Like, okay, this is my karma. This is this is a payback of something I've done previously. I don't know what it was, but it can't happen to me unless Universal Nine has orchestrated this. So I surrender. Well, um, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd quite feel the same way, Tim. But uh, <laughs> um, I know we could <laughs> we could go. Uh, we've we've touched a few things across the surface with with some of them. Um, there are so many more things I could dive into and, and talk to you about because I do find what you're presenting. I'm I am very skeptical. I am not a spiritual person at all, but I do like hearing from other people from different um, places. That's partly why this podcast exists. Um, but despite that, I could dive into more topics. I could dig into this even further and talk to you at, at great length. Um, you're a great conversation and at some point I wouldn't be surprised Tim if I send you another invite to come back and talk about some of the stuff maybe we haven't covered but um, yeah as for this this is this has been brilliant um, we're, we're not exactly meeting in the middle with a number of things um, we're operating on different frequencies perhaps in some areas but I definitely appreciate you taking the time to come and talk to me about this well Mel let me just um, say one thing sure to to assist you in a shift in your consciousness, just go in and take that fear that you've had for 10 years, go to the website, look at the video for two minutes, apply it to yourself, and see if um, it doesn't work, okay? Okay. I always say the proof is in the pudding. Don't believe what I say. You just have to eat it to know whether the pudding is good or not, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's excellent advice across the board, uh, however you apply it. Yeah, you're on, Tim. As I said, I'll set myself that as a, a little sort of side assignment for this, and I'll, I'll get back to you with what happens and what I find. Um, but, yeah, thank you very much for taking the time to, to talk to me. Uh, I genuinely do appreciate it. 
I always appreciate the opportunity to um, share these truths because um, if I can't if I can't um, substantiate a truth, then uh, I'm not doing my job, and I've experienced it all. So I talk from a a foundation of experience. So um, I'm always willing. There's many things that you have. You're right. You haven't touched on. You haven't touched about people that die that don't move on and they're they're earthbound and what happens to these people and so forth. So um, there's a lot of things that we could discuss. Yeah, so there you go. That is the concluding part of my very unique conversation with Tim, uh, not just for the, the settings of him being in China, me being at my mum's dining room table, but because of the ground that we covered and the topics that we, we dug into. And there is, as we were saying at the tail end there, plenty more stuff that we could go into if Tim were to come back. And, you know, I wouldn't be adverse to him coming back. He may never want to speak to me again, though, because, you know, honestly, I don't believe in the vast majority of what he's believing in here himself, what he's aligning himself with. Um, you know, fundamentally, that comes from the fact that I'm not a spiritual person to begin with. But as as interesting and as fascinating and as curious as the stuff we've talked about in these two episodes is, it is, for me, a very sceptical, cynical person, somewhat flights of fancy and, and some sort of very high fantasy concepts going on here. But Tim believes it. That's the thing. And I genuinely believe that he truly believes what he's saying and even though i don't at all there is some real level of respect for the fact that he is genuinely committed to to this that he genuinely does find himself solidly aligned with what he's saying and what he's he's teaching or what have you you know what he's putting out into the world. The other thing is, if you look on his website, he isn't charging anything for this. You know, when I first kind of came uh, across Tim and what he was all about and the golden ones and whatnot, a part of me, again, being cynical and sceptical, thought, okay, where's the tier scheme for this? What's the entry price and what is the highest price? But there isn't any of that. You know, you may yourself be thinking, listening to Tim, there's an element of snake oil salesman here, but... Honestly, from what I can see and from what I gathered during my conversation with him, there isn't. He's offering his teachings, as he calls them, for free. So I can't really point at that and be like, oh, okay, it's all just a big con. Granted, it is, it is wacky and it's kind of far-fetched and it's out there and, and just downright bizarre in some elements to, you know, the, for lack of a better word, dogma that he's got going on here but it doesn't feel like he's trying to fleece anybody of anything at all. Like, that's not the impression that I get from Tim whatsoever. If you were wondering, I did actually try the prayer to remove emotional parasites, but it wasn't for the fear that I mentioned in the conversation. The fear that I talked about whilst talking to Tim was my fear of getting dementia and losing my memory. That's the fear I've had for 10 years. The reason I didn't pick that is because I found that would probably be a difficult one to gauge. You know, maybe it isn't. Maybe if I tried it with that, I would feel some sort of, uh, I mean, if it works. And that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know if it is real. I don't know if it isn't. 
like anything spiritual based, I don't know. I don't have answers. I just tend not to believe. But that's not to say that I know for certain. So I don't know. I don't know if his prayer works for certain or not. Um, maybe it does. So anyway, I threw that one out because I thought there's no way of gauging if that's going to work immediately. That was my impression anyway. So I wanted to kind of go something a little bit smaller in scale. So for whatever reason, I have this strange fear of heights, but not in the typical sense. Like you could put me on top of a really tall building or a bridge or a mountain and I would be absolutely fine. Put me on top of some step ladders and oh, I get the heebie-jeebies like you wouldn't believe. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is, but it is, it's just instilled there. And it's it's not pleasant. And I just, I've had it for a while. So I thought, okay. And this sounds like I'm taking the piss, but I'm not. So I thought, I'll try this prayer to remove the emotional parasite that is the fear of going up stepladders. And in particular, for a really sort of nuanced example, the stairs going up into our attic. For some reason, I get real wobbly on them. So with as much of an open mind as I could go in with this, and with a real earnest attempt to see if it works i watched the video that tim talks about i'm going to go through it with him and you know place the hands in the correct positions say the words after activating the fear and yeah do that and then i go to try some step ladders now we don't have a full set nearby but we do have a small set with two to three steps and i'm not saying that it worked but i seemed okay on them I wasn't quite as anxious, I wasn't quite as wobbly, the heebie-jeebies weren't quite as strong. My vibration, as it were, to kind of keep things on brand here, was pretty calm. Now, could that be just a case of positive mental reinforcement? Being open-minded to the idea that I'm no longer going to be worried about this? Is it a case of mind over matter? Is it a case of the fact that I tried the small step ladders right after I'd done Tim's prayer? I don't know. Maybe it has worked. Again, I don't know. Another thing that I'm going to try, in all earnestness, with an open mind, is I have a real anxiety towards treadmills. I was absolutely fine once of a day, could do hit training on them all day long or until I got too tired and needed to stop, but I could jump on, jump off without any issues, running at high speeds and loved it. And then one day, something in my brain just switched on and it was like, you're going to fall off this and you're going to break your leg. And now I can't shift that. So maybe to continue this experiment of sorts, maybe that's the one that I try next. Maybe that's one that I can gauge with more of an instant result. So, yeah, watch this space. In all honesty, I will give that a crack. I will have a go at that and see if it works, see if I can cure myself of my long-term anxiety towards treadmills, and I will post the results on Twitter or Instagram, where you can find me, by the way, and that wasn't just a cheap uh, plug. You can find me on both of those uh, social media timelines at I am Mal Foster. What would be equally interesting is if you yourself try Tim's prayer to remove emotional parasites. If you dig deeper into what Tim is teaching, if you go onto his website, you watch the video, you kind of dig into his Ascension Master program or whatever. If you kind of dig deeper into this after listening to my chat with Tim, I would love to know um, what you find, how you feel, and in the case of the prayer for emotional parasites, if you've done it, 
did it work for you? Also, what did you make of this episode and the previous one? What did you make of what Tim was talking about? Does any of this resonate with you? Do you feel yourself aligned with anything that Tim's talking about here? Um, yeah, please do let me know. Because, again, even though it's not for me, personally, I do find it interesting. I did find Tim a really personable conversation and a really nice fella. And, yeah, just this whole area is possibly because it is so alien and foreign to me, is interesting. And there is a genuine curiosity there. So, yeah, if you've dug deeper into the path to oneness and the teachings of the Golden Ones, uh, let me know what you found out and how you got on. And on that note, that pretty much does it for this week's episode. Next week, it is the season four finale. And boy, do I have a story for you. One that showcases the very best of humanity and the very worst, but mainly the worst, with not actually that much of the best. But it's, yeah, it's cruel, it's curious, it's fascinating, it's grotesque, it is so bizarre that it shouldn't be true, but it is. And that's the tease I'm giving you for next week's episode. As for this week's episode, we are done. As always, thank you for listening, look after yourselves, look after each other, and until next time, keep it dimed out. <laughs>